Long Zone Investigation. That's excellent. In our last segment, like next segment, uh, we'll do a bit more preview of the NFL draft, which is tonight. But right now, you've got the HZI. I do. So I saw this clip that was going viral for all sorts of reasons, Norm, uh, on social media, and it had a video, and uh, it said, this entire story is so wild, with a link to the story, but this is the funniest damn thing I've ever seen. And it has a video where in the video there is a woman uh, dressed very nicely. She's being uh, interviewed with a man. She has her hand in his lap. He is a a short, portly fellow with a very dapper look to him, hair. He looks English, uh, kind of. He's got glasses. He has an oxygen mask on. And (laughs) he's talking through his his oxygen mask. It's fogging up. I'm like, what the hell is this? So I read the story. It's a, a a UK paper. It might even have been one of their tabloids, like the Daily Mail or something. And I come to learn that this interview is from an episode of Dateline NBC that aired last Friday night. Still on, Dan. In season 31, episode 28, they handled the case of Nicholas Alaverde or Nicholas Rossi. Nicholas Alaverdian is his name. Uh, and I watched the whole thing. It's two hours long, and it's incredible. Two hours? Yeah. That's how long that show is? Very, apparently, I thought it was an hour, and I thought a lot of times if they went longer, maybe they did a uh, couple stories. This whole thing was on this guy. All right. So That's a documentary. It's borderline documentary. So this is a guy uh, who grew up in Rhode Island. His dad was a criminal. His mom went into hiding. Uh, with the kids, he ended up in foster care, group homes. He was raped. He was assaulted. Again, his his birth name is Nicholas Alaverdian, and he had a very rough time growing up. He eventually was granted a position as a teenager as a page at the state house. So at Rhode Island State Government, he was basically an intern as they had a program for disadvantaged youth. Uh, at-risk youth, but people who are also very smart and just needed an opportunity. So he gets involved in the political game as a teenager, right? So he's wowing all these people. He's a computer genius. Uh, he's speaking about reforming the foster care system, saying that he was assaulted and raped and tortured. That's a very, very tough upbringing. You know, we've all heard horror stories about group homes and foster care. It's it's sad. I'm, try- down. I'm trying to get in front of how sad this story really is so that when we get to the part that is utterly hilarious, <laughs> I can at least say I did tell you this guy had a really rough upbringing. The other thing about this that's very sad is that this guy became a con man as he got older. So he was putting on one public image as this reformer, this uh, wonderkind political activist who was very good on the internet. This is like 2005, 2006 time. Uh, But in his private life, he was stalking women on the internet. And 
meeting up with them in person and oftentimes assaulting them to the tune of a woman that he met at a Dayton community college. He raped her in the basement, like said he was walking her to her class and forced himself on her. She, uh, you know, filed charges. The police don't believe her because he has a different account. It's he said, she said, he says it was consensual. Uh, he created a fake MySpace post saying that, uh, you know, it was from her account saying that it was consensual and she was into it. And this is a pattern. So this guy would move, he would meet new women. He would, uh, convince them that he was Harvard educated, that he had this great consulting career in politics. They would let him into their life. He would steal tons of money from them for his business purposes, or maybe not steal, but convince them to lend it to him. And he would then beat or sexually assault them. And he did this many, many times. Okay. Mm -hmm. But these things get tied up in court. He's moving locations. They're not being really being reported from one place to another. He was a registered sex offender, uh, but those things sometimes fall through the cracks. If you registered in Rhode Island and now you're in Utah and you move back and forth. So eventually the heat really starts to get turned up where these various agencies across the country are connecting that this is the same guy. Um, he also at one point changed his name to Nicholas Rossi from Nicholas Aliverdian because his stepfather, when his mom got remarried, adopted him. So he took the name Nicholas Rossi, but then later changed it back to Aliverdian, which also makes this more complicated. But helps him evade the law a little bit. For sure. Yeah. Makes it more complicated to catch him, I should yeah. say. So at some point, he figured out, hey, the heat is really hot here, and I'm being pursued by the FBI, not just now for rape charges, but for fraud, for credit card fraud. So he fakes his own death in Rhode Island. And the priest at the church that he attended was getting ready to perform his memorial service, like planning it, because he was a big deal in that town as a guy who was helping reform their foster care system, that priest receives a call from the FBI saying, don't do a memorial service. He's not dead. He's uh, he's on the run. He's a fugitive. And they figure out that he had moved to Ireland. He was able to get to Ireland and uh, there adopted a new name and a new identity. And the identity uh, was that he was an English... Uh, orphan who had worked his way up and uh, was a powerful political consultant who now lived in Ireland. And the name he chose as his fake name in England was Arthur Knight. Which if you put a gun to my head and said, you have to come up with a fake English name in the next 10 seconds, I'm probably not getting too far away from Arthur Knight. It's like George, uh, William, oh, Arthur Arthur uh, Cambridge, Cambridge, no, Arthur Knight. Yeah, it's a good one. It's the fakest English name ever. So he's very, very good with faking his IP address with VPNs. He's a very, very smart guy. He's very persuasive. And when he's in Ireland, uh, the thing that really jams him up is he gets COVID badly a few years ago, like intubated in the hospital. And at some point had given his address over there, the address to where he was living over there. And that uh, somehow through Internet sleuthing, the FBI in America is able to figure out the guy who's living as Arthur Knight over there is Nicholas Aliverdian that we've been looking for. 
He needs to be extradited on rape charges. He needs to be extradited on fraud. Uh, and we're going to go over there and find him. Well, this guy now living over there claims that that's not him. I don't know who you're talking about. That's not me. I'm Arthur Knight, dapper British uh, man living in Ireland now. He has a wife over there. Uh, and yeah. she might, I'll just tell you this. It's the same guy. There, if you have any thought here of, I wonder if we're just jumping to conclude, it's definitely the same guy. And a judge in, uh, I think Scotland ruled as much last December and he will be extradited soon. It's the same guy. Mm-hmm. How long was he over there? About three years. Okay. He fa- what did he do? Uh, he said he had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And before, about two months before he died, he called the local press and said that he knew that he was going to die soon uh, and was preparing them for like a, uh, if you want to talk about my life as a political activist, I will do that. And they said, we'd like to come to one of your treatments with you. And he said no. Mm. But he come up, he came up with a sob story. Invasion of privacy. But the weird thing that he did, and we will obviously have to carry this over a little bit, but the weird thing that he did was a lot of media over there. So he's giving uh, BBC interviews where he is t- – he looks pretty different. His hair is cut short, used to be longer. He has no beard. He's put on some weight. He wears little circle glasses now. It looks like a, a spirit Halloween British costume. Okay. He has a breathing mask. He has a cane. A little Harry potter He says he can't walk. Okay. You know, his wife has to help him everywhere, and they carry his breathing machine around to all these interviews and uh, has a very poor English accent. And did four or five interviews and press conferences saying, I'm not that guy. I'm this guy. This is my wife. I met her. I've never even heard of this other person. Well, it turns out he met her right when he got there, right after the uh, he was supposed to have died. Here's a little clip from when he sat down with Dateline last year in the interview that aired last Friday night. Take your mask off for one second just to show us your face. I can. When I catch my breath, yes. But can you just show us now? Well, I'm hypoxic, so I, can I, I'm, I'm telling you, yes, I will, but must I do it now? He never took it off. So he wears the mask at all times. It's covering almost his whole face. You can't really ever get a good read. Hard to identify. Now he's got glasses on. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't have answers to a lot of our questions either. Did you say you were adopted? I was, yes. At what age? I am not certain. He was also evasive when we asked him if we could see his birth certificate. I'm just looking for ways, you know, that you can back up some of your, what you're saying, just, just to put people's minds at ease. Well, which minds? So he's just like, why do I have to do this? I didn't commit any of these crimes. So he's got half a dozen sexual assault and rape cages in the U.S., uh, cases in the U.S. He's got millions of dollars of credit card fraud. Uh, he has now moved to Ireland, adopting an English accent and affect, and the federal government in America is looking for him. I'll tell you how they caught him next. No, I mean, yeah. Well, he got one. No, no, it's not. They put the tattoos on me <laughs> at the hospital. So you can find it on NBC's website. It's called Aptly Dead Man Talking, because I think Dateline was just as blown away as we are. That he decided to sit down for a series of interviews in the That's why they went two hours, yeah. English accent you'll ever hear in your life. All right, Why Today Doesn't Suck is next. A Hang Zone production. Student. He was uh, an intern with their state government. 
He was involved in activism to reform that agency that he said he was a victim of, but he was also a serial sexual assailant. Uh, and he raped a woman in Rhode Island, he raped a woman in Ohio, and he raped a woman in Utah. And once the various government agencies started putting all of this together, they came looking for him, at which point when he started getting calls calls while he was in Rhode Island from the Utah State Police, he called the local newspaper in Rhode Island and said, I'm dying. I have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I'll be dead in about four weeks, uh, just so you know. I just want to thank you all because he had a good relationship with the media as a political guy. But in Utah, what had happened was a rape case from five years before uh, someone else had become elected as their, I want to say, state attorney general. And one of his big, I guess, charges when he got elected was we're going to test a bunch of untested rape kits. So there were several women, I guess, in Utah that had claimed that they were raped. They submitted to a rape kit, and then nothing ever was done with the kit. Um, but DNA, DNA, yeah. and they eventually did test all those and had a hit for this guy because he was a registered sex offender from a case in Ohio, which meant there was a DNA match. They knew it was him, which is when he called, faked his own death, moved to Ireland. And adopted the uh, identity of an English man named Arthur Knight, uh, who was an adopted, <laughs> uh, adopted, and then bounced around orphanages before you know fighting and scratching and clawing his way to the top as a public relations political consultant. Then he got COVID, and somehow uh, the hospital got a hold of his address, the one over in uh, in Ireland, and. Police from Utah and the FBI showed up in Ireland and arrested him in the hospital while he was bedridden with COVID. And uh, he had a wife there who was in the room at the time. And she's like, I don't know who Nicholas Alaverdian or Nicholas Rossi is. This is Arthur Knight, my husband. We met a few years ago. Uh, and he's, you know, the guy says he has no idea. He looks totally different now. He has glasses. He wears a bow tie. He has a cane. Uh <laughs> It really is like the funniest fake-looking I am English uh, uniform you could ever come up with. So he gives some interviews. He's claiming I can't be in trial, be on trial for these charges because I'm not that guy, Mm -hmm. which is really putting uh, the authorities in Scotland and in Ireland in a jam because they don't know what to do about it. They can't just get his DNA? I guess not. I don't know if it's different in every country or if they just don't have the authority, but he is saying at every court hearing, don't know what to tell you. That's not me. Uh-huh. So then he starts, uh, you know, publicly campaigning, uh, holding press conferences saying this is all an injustice and a terrible English accent. Uh, and then he agreed to sit down with Dateline. And I halfway wonder if this is what screwed this guy is that he is clearly, there's something wrong with him, you know, to be this level of sociopath and con man. He had stolen tens of thousands of dollars from women in America conning them and leaving them. He defrauded his foster parents uh, who had adopted him, like the third family that adopted him. Then he sat down with Dateline. What do you say to to someone who believes that, that you are Nicholas Oliverdian? I am not Andrea. I am not Nicholas Oliverdian. I do not know how to make this clear. What do you say to people who say these are crocodile tears He's putting on a show. This is all an act. Oh, that's his wife. The wife is sitting next to him the whole time, like doting over him. Oh, come on, Andrea, the reporter. 
act. Oh, that's a right low blow. All right, we're going to play the rest of it, but oh, that's a right low blow. <laughs> it's so fake. It does sound fake. He didn't really work that hard on the accent. <sighs> Why is he going um, on media? I That I don't know, and really no one does. That's pretty narcissistic, But, you know, right? that's how, like... The juice. That's the thing. Is, yeah. You know, just like a serial killer who's leaving crumbs for Like, the, he seems to be getting away with it, kind of. Yeah. Why even... Time and time again. Like, yeah, just deal with it in court. But he says yes to Dateline NBC. Dateline uh, Sky News in England. That's, That's a low blow. That's a right low blow. Crocodile do you think I can? Uh, I don't believe that. His wife Miranda says he's 100% telling the truth. If he was a serial rapist, she would know. He hadn't raped me. <laughs> yeah. My husband has never, ever done anything which has hurt me. You know, he hasn't, um, you know, assaulted me. I do know the truth. I know he's innocent. I know he's not a rapist, 100%. That's why I supported Deshaun Watson. Yeah, because he had Gun never... the Browns, yeah. He, he had never not, forced you to... No. Yeah, and the video, again, you can find it out there. If you guys want to watch it, it's in Slack. And I, it's there's also a funny part, yeah, where he tries to stand up, you know, because he claims that he is basically bedridden. And he tries to stand up and has the fakest... <gasps> really well-dressed for this bedridden guy. He is well-dressed, but also it's... He's wearing a suit, like you said, the bow tie. But not all English does he just people think, dress like this. Does he think they the don't... bow tie makes him look more English? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's why he's wearing those glasses. He never had glasses in America. And now he has the well, most saying English that's not looking... him. He's got Harry Potter glasses. He's got now. Harry Potter glasses, a bow tie... Uh, a cane, he can't walk, and he's got a... Butterbeer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right on a whole mug. Um, so, Bangers and mash. So listen to how he tried to get out of this, because he has tattoos. He had tattoos all on one forearm and on both biceps. And he okay. had, he had before uh, shown a reporter his forearm. No tattoos. So you can get that done. But, laser. but he tried that and said, look, I got nothing here. Um, but eventually he did have to actually go to court. And they're like, what about the ones on the biceps? The Scottish prosecutor presented evidence that the tattoos on Arthur's upper arms were identical to Nicholas Rossi's. How did Arthur Knight explain the tattoos? Well, he said in, in, in court that the, the, the tattoos were put on him when he was in a coma in the, the hospital in, in Glasgow. That's right. He told the judge they were inked on his arms while he was unconscious. Okay, so he says that they Man. wanted to, they wanted to that make sounds this, viable. Case, this case work so bad yeah. that authorities in Utah flew to Europe. Yeah. And while he had, they found out that the guy they wanted to be their target had COVID. So they're like, quick, let's get to Ireland. Get the tattoo gun. Get <laughs> the tattoo gun. So they went to Ireland and while he's in a medically induced coma, from COVID, he they wakes put, up. They put the exact tattoos of the guy. Again, let's try to play this out here. The guy that they think that he did, they can't find him apparently, but they know he had tattoos, so they've pinpointed this other guy. Yeah, randomly, a random guy in England. That's his story. That they're like, well, I guess they can't catch who has catch no past. Nick and you Rossi, can't follow up on anything he says. Exactly. So they, well, we've given up on finding the so other what's guy. The, where, where are we at with this now? He was denied extra or. 
denied bail. He's, he, he's going to be extradited in like the next month. Oh, okay. So there's another part of this too. It's uh, fingerprints. Was the strangest yeah. thing that had happened. Yeah. In the old police photos, Nicholas Rossi had tattoos on his entire left arm. Remember, Jane didn't see the upper part of his arm when she interviewed him, only his forearm, and it was free of tattoos. Shortly after that visit, she learned why. One of his ex-wives had said that when they were together in 2015, that he was going through the process of getting his tattoos removed. And what about a much more traditional way of making an ID? Fingerprints. Those were a match too, but Arthur had an explanation. He said they were taken by a hospital worker without his knowledge and sent to Utah to David Levitt, so Levitt could claim they were Rossi's. Yeah, so he also claims that a hospital worker took his fingerprints from the hospital in Ireland, sent them back to Utah where the DA's trying to oh, nail them on the Oh, then they planted rate. it and pretended it was the first guy. Exactly. Yeah, so he's got... <laughs> He's got this story for everything. And meanwhile, he's over here flailing around. Oh, I'm just this Englishman, and this is all a right low blow and a misstep, a tragic misstep of justice. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be brought back to the United States and tried for all manner of felonies. Financial, criminal, yeah, and sexual. But I hope he keeps the bit up while while he's being detained. I'm fascinated. Like, how does he, when he gets back, yeah, because he's never admitted it. He didn't in court. The judge in, uh, I think in Ireland said, ah, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> we've, <laughs> no. yeah, we've been doing this for years. Like, it's obvious. I have your fingerprints, I have these plan, photos. You have yeah. a scar on your face that the guy they're looking for has. Come on. Like, you're going back to America. And I hope they take him off the plane in his wheelchair and his oxygen mask. And <laughs> Yeah, same tattoo. <laughs> But yeah, again, I'm just amazed that he goes on TV. That's I guess. several times he's holding press conferences going on TV because that is the thing is, again, the type of people who are usually crazy enough to be able to pull something like this off are crazy enough to want people to know they can pull it off. I couldn't pull this off ever. None of us could. And if you did, you'd be like, man, they're going to get they're going to catch me. I should lay low. But again, if you're this crazy, you're like, I call everybody I know and. Put on the old fake English accent. And, and not think of any alibis for your tattoos. No, I mean, yeah. Well, he got one. No, no, it's not. They put the tattoos on me <laughs> at the hospital. So you can find it on NBC's website. It's called Aptly Dead Man Talking because I think Dateline was just as blown away as we are that he decided to sit down for a series of interviews in the That's why they wait two hours. Yeah. English accent you'll ever hear in your life. All right, why today doesn't suck is next. A hang zone production.